You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. If you're an English language learner, have a keen interest in language, or you're a teacher, then this podcast is for you. We give tips and advice and discuss topics about learning and teaching. We hope you find it fun and informative that it gives you help and encouragement in your journey with the English language. Hello there. Welcome to episode ten of English with Monty. Today I've got Nicolo back with me, who joined us on the third episode, and、um, we did a nice little podcast episode about him coming to London for a short trip, and he loved the podcast so much that he wanted to come back. In fact, every single day since that moment, he's been asking me if he can come back on. So, hi, Nicolo. How are you?、Uh, hi, John. I'm really good. And it's a pleasure to be here again. Pleasure to have you back. As I said, we've had a lot of downloads on our episode, so it's definitely been very popular. I think a lot of people have related to it well. Oh, I'm so happy about that. Really,、mm. it's、uh, it's the first time for me because it was the first podcast I did in my life. So I'm happy. I think agencies will be calling you about doing other podcast <laughs> episodes. You might have to change your career. A couple of them did it in the summer. Wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> already famous. Today, you wanted to talk about phrasal verbs. Is that right? Yeah, because it's a very tricky thing for me. I struggle with them even now, even if I've been studying English for some years. But I'm really struggling with them. Okay, what do you struggle with exactly? I mean, I think it's quite a tricky subject for most English learners, isn't it? So, what are your personal experiences with phrasal verbs? What do you find the most difficult? I think the most difficult thing is to find a logical connection between the first part of the phrasal verbs and the second part. I can't understand when I should use them because it's like they are a single verb with any. Logical connection with the two parts、mm -hmm. can be quite tricky. That definitely. I mean, let me just explain. Maybe first of all, for listeners who are wondering what a phrasal verb is exactly, I guess the idea of a phrasal verb is that you've got a verb and then you've either got preposition such as in, on, at, something like that, or an adverb connected to that main verb. For example, if you take the word pick, I would say we need to pick. Which movie we are going to see? So it's like to choose in this case on its own. But if you change it into a phrasal verb, you'd have, for example, pick up. Could you、mm. give me an example of pick up? Do you know that one, Nicola? Can you wait a second because I want to pick up my pencil? Very good one. Very <laughs> good one. Okay. Yes, exactly. In this case, obviously, pick up is to take your pencil and. Move it up into the air. Literally, that's what it means. It could be used in a few other ways. So I guess the confusion for a lot of people, probably. Let me know if this is the case with you as well, Nicola. For example, pick up can be used in a few different ways. So it can be used to mean something improves. I could say the weather is picking up, which suggests that it's becoming sunny. It's becoming better. Can also be to do with collecting somebody. So I picked up my dad at the airport after his trip to Italy. Also, as well, it can mean to collect something as well as someone. So I could say to you, could you pick up 
the package from the post office. The fourth way is when you're talking about knowledge. So you acquire knowledge. For example, Niccolo picked up English really quickly when he was in London. Mm. I can find a logical connection between picking up a pencil, picking up my dad at the airport, or picking up something at the postal office. But I can't understand the first example because to me, there's no logical connection to the action of picking up. Mm -hmm. It's like the idea of creating something visual in a way. Pick up is a movement generally, isn't it? So going from down to up. So in terms of the weather, then particularly that could mean, oh, the weather has gone from a down idea to an up idea. I suppose it's trying to make those small connections. And yes, that may not sound too logical. It's creating that visual element to some extent. W one of the good tips I would say is to try and do things by subject. For example, if you're talking about going to the airport, you can kind of think about different phrasal verbs that you can fit in. So yes, of course, some of them are not necessarily logical, but it's more a case of thinking about the context and then thinking about the actions and visualizing those actions related to the context. For example, you could say we have to check in at the airport. The plane takes off in 30 minutes and don't forget to look after your luggage. Here you've got three different phrasal verbs in a short period just to really focus on one particular topic. Obviously, when you go to the airport, you should be able to think about these elements and try and use them in a practical way. Does that help? Yeah. Now, I can understand that picking up in this case is not just for the physical meaning of the verb. Mm -hmm. It changes the way I look at the phrasal verbs. I have another question about the phrasal verbs. It's a phrasal verbs more used in a formal way or informal way. Because sure. if I think about picking up my dad at the airport, I think it's more informal. I mean, I suppose in the English language, there's not really a huge difference nowadays. I mean, maybe historically there might have been. So if you were to use a formal verb of pick up in, in this context, you could say collect. But really, native speakers would use the phrasal verb, I, I would say, most of the time, nine times out of ten, certainly. I wouldn't really think about it being formal or informal unless you really want to be formal in some way in terms of writing, perhaps. I would say in everyday spoken English, I wouldn't really worry about it too much. Phrasal verbs are one element where you will definitely sound more like a native speaker if you are able to put some phrasal verbs into your language. And they're not essential, but they will help you sound more like a native speaker. So I need to study more and more. That's the meaning. <laughs> well, <laughs> to some extent. I mean, if you do want to sound more like a native speaker, then yes, it, it would certainly help. But I think I've said to you before, it's maybe more about recognizing the verbs from other people than necessarily using you, yourself, especially at the beginning. If you're quite new in your journey or anybody is quite new in their journey to English, then I wouldn't worry too much about phrasal verbs. Just go with what you know. 
And then if you do want to introduce phrasal verbs, then try and think about the most commonly used ones or things that you would use in everyday language. Like get over, get in, get up, pick up, take off, take on. Because I think I found them very frequently when I was speaking with people or maybe reading something. Definitely. And that is another element, the way you find the phrasal verbs, because certainly if you read the news, for example, you will certainly find phrasal verbs and phrasal verbs being used. Another element as well is I always think music is quite a good way of looking at phrasal verbs. You can actually have a reference in terms of lyrics. When you're listening to the song, you can see the lyrics as well. And then often you can obviously make that connection. George Michael, for example, like, wake me up. I'm not going to sing it because I'm bad at singing. Wake me up. There you go. I'm sorry. It's amazing. It's much better than me. (laughs) So something like that is nice. It's a way of making phrasal verbs more fun, but also because the nature of music and the nature of songs lends itself quite well to using phrasal verbs. So phrasal verbs are very often used in songs. Yeah, and I think if you try to learn English using the songs, I think it's quite easier because you associate a happy thought, like the music you like, to the learning of the English. I think I do it again because I did it in the past, but I think I have to come back on this method. I mean, especially if you enjoy it. Every time you do something you enjoy in a language is definitely worthwhile. People don't have to be in front of a book, definitely not. To just think about a bit more the grammar aspects, these things are not supposed to be confusing. I'll try and make them as simple as possible. There's maybe two elements people need to think about in general. So I'm going to give you these two phrases and see what you know. So if something is transitive or intransitive, how would you describe that? Do you know what I mean when I say those things? Can you explain it? Yeah, sure. Transitive is when it needs something or someone after the verb. For example, pick up. I'm picking up my dad. In this case, you need to say my dad. So therefore, it's transitive. It cannot be alone. Okay. Yeah. Intransitive does mean that it stands alone and you don't need something or someone in order to add at the end of the phrasal verb. For example, grow up. They could say they grew up in England. So you don't need to use a person or a thing. You can just use grow up on its own. Okay. Cool. And then you've got separable or inseparable phrasal verbs what do i mean by that separable and inseparable phrasal verbs i can give a try sure go ahead separable i use when i can put something maybe a subject between the two parts of the phrasal verbs Mm -hmm. yep the inseparable are the phrasal verbs where i can't do that i think it's simple Yeah, exactly. It's very simple. Yeah. I guess it's just people being conscious of the fact that some can be separated and some can't. For example, I could say I wake up my brother or I could say 
I wake my brother up. Yeah. Obviously, it, wake up here is a separable phrasal verb, so you can separate it. And then, for example, an inseparable one. Do you have an example at all? I can try, but I'm not so sure. So, okay. Take the plane off. I think I can't use that. Exactly. Perfect. Well done. (laughs) I'm safe. (laughs) You're safe. You are safe. But that is a good example. So you would always say the plane takes off. You wouldn't be able to say, take the plane off. Doesn't make sense. Having said that, that's a bit of a confusing one because in this case, take off is inseparable. But if you actually use it with your jacket, for example, you could say, I take my jacket off or you can say take off my jacket so in that context take off becomes separable sometimes it depends by the context yeah it depends on the context definitely yeah it's just learning those things i think the most annoying aspect maybe of phrasal verbs is that you have to think about those things and be quite sure of those things that is more about memory but it's how you create those memories and as I said visualizing things is good looking at things in the news is good doing it by topic is good you've reached the midpoint of the episode and we thought we'd ask you a quick quiz question about what is the shortest complete sentence in the English language that question again what is the shortest complete sentence in the English language We'll answer your question at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned. I remember you like Formula One, is that right? Yeah, (laughs) that was my secret, but no, okay. (laughs) I admit it, I like Formula One. I'm not a big fan, I'm afraid. I'm I'm sorry if that disturbs (laughs) any listeners, but Nicolo's a fan, so that's good. Yeah, but to give you an example, because you love Formula One, You could use phrasal verbs connected to Formula One. I don't know if you have the opportunity to watch it in English, do you? Yeah, but actually I look at the Formula One with less interest because I'm for Ferrari and Ferrari this year is not so good. (laughs) (laughs) I associate bad thoughts instead of positive thoughts. But okay, Uh, let's talk about Formula One in English. Okay, I have one suggestion. Maybe support Lewis Hamilton. Maybe I'm biased. (laughs) To give you an example, I'll give you three different phrasal verbs here in one phrase. For example, Hamilton pulled up at the pit stop. Vettel is pulling away slowly. And Rosberg is pulling ahead. So here you have three different phrasal verbs using pull. But they have three different meanings. Pull up at the pit stop is when your car moves in and you stop. Okay. To pull away is when you have two cars together and one car starts going faster and goes ahead. They pull away. Okay. Also, pulling ahead could be another element, but maybe if you're pulling ahead, you're going past a car and then you go in front of them. That like overtaking. Yeah, exactly. I guess pulling ahead probably would mean that you're in first place, really. That's what it would mean. Okay. It hurts when your driver is not pulling ahead. <laughs> so Ferrari hasn't pulled ahead very often. No, this year is not the case. <laughs> no. That's disappointing. <laughs>
I would like to say I care, but I'm afraid I don't too much. <laughs> Not my sport, I'm afraid. So <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Is that quite clear? Because I wanted to play a short game with you, which could be interesting. From what we've spoke about so far, does that help you a little bit? Yeah, it helps. But now I'm afraid about the game. <laughs> so if you think about my knowledge on phrasal verbs and you playing a game with me, Okay. Hopefully it'll be a nice game. We're only going to maybe give one or two examples. We'll see how you get on. I, I think the game has just started because you use get on. Yeah. See, you've already picked some up there. I have a lot of confidence in you. Let me explain the rules. So the reason why I wanted to play a game as well is to demonstrate to listeners that it's a good idea to make things fun when you're learning English. If you're learning together with a friend or maybe your partner, your husband, wife or girlfriend, boyfriend, something like this. It can be nice to play little games together. Obviously, I know that if both of you naturally speak in your own language together, which is obviously not English, then it can be difficult to do things like this. Even if you just spend small moments a day thinking about doing games or just doing something fun related to language, I think that's a good tip for anybody. So let me explain the game to you, Nicola. What I have is I have a, a phrasal verb book which has 100 phrasal verbs. It's called Really Learn 100 Phrasal Verbs. It's a very original title by Oxford University Press. So I would recommend this book to people in the sense that it's a good self-study book. It's nice to use on your own. It's got some nice exercises in it. The idea is, is that you give me a number, Nicola, between one and 100, and then I open the book at that number, I tell you the phrasal verb. That's quite tricky. <laughs> okay. I haven't even explained all the game yet, so <laughs> I can see you're sweating or you're, yeah. you're getting nervous. Basically, when you have the phrasal verb, you need to give me a sentence using the phrasal verb. There is a possibility that you don't know the phrasal verb. So if you don't know the phrasal verb, then let me know and then I can give you a few examples. And then in that case, hopefully you should have an idea. Okay. okay. If you do know the phrasal verb, then you get one point. If you need help from me, then you don't get that point. Just let, let me pick up my computer to use Google. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I want to use Google. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can cheat if you want. I will never know. I guess with any of these games, try and obviously play by the rules if you can i mean obviously don't worry too much it's just a bit of fun anyway once you know the phrasal verb or you already have it in your mind then you give me the sentence you are given an extra point for being imaginative say for example using pick up you say i pick up my dad at the airport this one it's okay i mean i would say it's not that imaginative it's interesting but it's not that imaginative Maybe if you said, I picked up my dad in a horrible rainstorm in the middle of a disgustingly terrible, you know what I mean, like as in you, okay. and you make it more interesting. You get an extra point to make it more interesting. And then the third point you get is if you're using it correctly, and it sounds nice as a sentence. I pick my dad up at the airport would get one point for being correct and being used in the proper way. Okay, I'm ready. Excellent. Okay, which number? 84. Ooh, I think 84 is a difficult one. 
<laughs> I knew it. <laughs> oh, no, this could be quite easy because we've already spoken about it before. Take something off. Okay, you know, I went to a shop to buy a new pair of trousers. And before trying them, I took my trousers off. And it was uh, so delicate because I didn't want to ruin my original trousers. <laughs> I, I think that was very impressive. I will give you two and a half points. I thought it was very imaginative. There was one element you didn't use, which would have been a phrasal verb, actually. You say before trying them on. You don't say trying them. Oh. So, In fact, I gave you two and a half points because you used or you could have potentially used two phrasal verbs in there. So that was nice. That was brave. Okay, that was a good one. It was a good one. We'll do one more example. What's your next number, Nicolo? Um, 61. Ooh, okay. Make something up. I can do a good job. Okay. I think that if you make up a story with a friend, I think you are a bad person. Mm. I don't like people that making up things to friends. Perfect. Was that your sentence? Yeah. Very good. Your context, you would say making things up rather than making up things. That way, because you do have the object, you have to put the object in between. There are some phrasal verbs where you would have to separate it if you have the object. So yeah, making things up rather than make up things. I mean, you can say make up things, but it sounds a bit more natural to say making things up because you're focusing more on the idea of the subject. Mm, okay. I was quite lucky because I knew it. So that was impressive. You've had two relatively easy ones, but you did well. I would probably give you two points for that one. Uh, oh, just two points. <laughs> just two points. <laughs> maybe two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, I accepted the challenge, so two points are good. I can do a better job next time. There were a few elements that weren't perfect, but it was pretty good. I was pretty impressed with that. Obviously, if you're not a native speaker, obviously I am, so I can give that kind of feedback. But if you're giving feedback, I mean, maybe just think about some really concrete examples you can see online or in your book and then have a look at them yourself when your partner, uh, the person you're working with kind of responds. Because that's a good way as well of you learning yourself because you're kind of preparing yourself for the game. It's a good game if you mm -hmm. want to, to gain something to some people. For example, if you are with your girlfriend, you can say that, okay, if you get those points, I wash the dishes. But mm. if you're <laughs> losing that, you will wash the dishes. There you go. It's <laughs> perfect. Exactly. But something like this, it's just a bit of competitive stuff. It's a bit of fun, right? It's not to be taken too seriously. But yeah, I mean, things like that are great. And I think depending on your sense of humor, as long as you keep your sense of humor, then things like that can be great. I just hope you're not washing the dishes all the time, Nicolo. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, but can you imagine how many couples will break up? Break up. That's a good phrase of verb. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> how many uh, couples will break up with this game? <laughs> <laughs> I hope none. In fact, I will not 
be held responsible for anybody breaking up. <laughs> if you do, it, I'm sorry, it's not my fault. It was just a suggestion. It's just a suggestion. <laughs> I think we'll kind of wrap up now. We'll, we'll finish things off, Nicola. I mean, was there anything else you wanted to add at all? No, I think you gave me some different points to study more the phrasal verbs. And uh, I think it's more easy because now I have some points, some very good points to think about the phrasal verbs. Okay, good. Hopefully it's motivated you a bit more, helps you to understand how you can fit them into everyday language and just trying to use them a bit more. Oh, yeah, sure. Because I want to learn the phrasal verbs. It's like to improve your language because it's like having a step, uh, one step closer to a very good English. So mm -hmm. I think phrasal verbs are very important to an English learner. Very much so. I mean, I think if you're at kind of an intermediate level or even an upper intermediate level and you want to take your English that stage further, I mean, I think phrasal verbs are a good thing to focus on. You're in that situation. And so for me, I think that's a, a nice thing to look at and just to introduce it a bit more in the way you speak. Yeah, sure. Excellent. Thanks very much for joining me again, Nicolo. I, I really appreciate it. As always, it's a pleasure and I hope the game wasn't too bad and I haven't traumatized you. <laughs> no, no, no. Finally, it was a pleasure to me too. So I'm really happy to do that. I will use it with my friends. How many friendships I will break up. <laughs> but I hope none. I hope everything's fine with your friends. Don't hold me responsible, yeah. okay? <laughs> I give them your email address. Fantastic. Don't Thank worry. You. I hope you do have fun with your friends and it does help you because that's the key to everything. As I said, thanks a lot for coming along and tune in soon for English with Monty. Remember our quiz question from earlier about what is the shortest complete sentence in the English language? Well, in fact, it's just one word. That one word is go. So this is the shortest sentence in the English language. So go, go learn English. Tune in next time to English with Monty.